Welcome into the second edition of the Just Chuck It podcast. Greg Mraz, the media relations and broadcast director for the Chuckers, alongside director of public relations, Chris Hall. Chris, we're recording this after the 4th of July, and, you know, this is one of those type of games where it came so, so close, and yet it seemed so, so far. Chuckers dropped their game today to the Osprey by a 5-4 final. But let's go back to the previous homestand, a three-game sweep of the Great Falls Voyagers in which the Chuckers scored 14, 8, and 14 runs. Up until today, the Chuckers had been undefeated at home 9-0, and you're out on the field doing the promos, and you're kind of wandering around the stands. We're up here in the booth watching it from the bird's eye view, but what did you see from this club on that series against Great Falls that just wowed you? They were hitting the ball hard. Even the outs were hard. Everything was getting to the outfield. You didn't seem like, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself talking about today, but it didn't seem like you saw the almost swinging bunts that you saw quite a few of today. It seemed like in that series everything was getting hard, finding the gap, and giving people a position to tag up or move over. So in the stretch in Missoula, two of three dropped by the Chuckers. They only scored one run on Tuesday night. They scored six runs on Monday night, held on as Derek Adams pitched two scoreless innings for the save, then got walked off on last night. Chris, you were watching the Missoula broadcast on SWX. I was on the radio on ESPN 980, the Sports Zone KSPZ, where you can hear every Chuckers game. What did you see last night? Because Austin Manning looked like he was trying to keep it on the outside portion of the plate, but just wasn't able to get that pitch toward the center. And when he did get it toward the center, Osprey hit it hard. Yeah, it just seemed like everything was either outside or right down the middle. Just truckers had a hard time getting people out. Austin Manning, when he came in, just seemed like the Osprey were just hitting everything hard, just left right where they wanted it. They knew what was coming. Just a tough night for Austin Manning. You hate to see it from him. So the Chuckers are now 13-4. and four. They are four games up on Missoula. At one point, they were eight up on the Osprey. But there are still a lot of positives to come out of this. Clay Dungan is still mashing at home. He had a rough road trip, but Dungan is 24-39 at home. So he's hitting just over 500 here at Melaleuca Field. We talked about his approach on the last podcast, and I think today was a really good sign that he got back into a groove, was waiting back on his pitches, and was just getting things that he could drive and not trying to do too much with pitches that really weren't his. Yeah, I guess my question for you who was there on the road was, did it seem like he was just having bad luck, or did you see an approach change as he got home today? I don't think there was really an approach change. I think that he was trying to do a little bit too much because he had the first day off in Missoula. Every one of the Chuckers' three main infielders Him, Jose Marquez, and Brady McConnell each had a day off in Missoula. Duncan had the first day off, and he broke a couple of bats in the series in Missoula. And then in the first game that he played, he struck out twice, which is very rare for Clay Duncan. He hardly strikes out at all. In fact, he only has five strikeouts this season in 51 at-bats. But he struck out on a couple of sliders, and it was just – really really abnormal so baseball is a funny game like that though Chris this is a chucker club that just had the beat rolling and looked like they were going to keep it rolling and you think like okay one loss is one loss but 
the July 3rd, as people will probably listen to this on July 5th after we edit it, the July 3rd loss in Missoula, the Chuckers have experienced the thrill of a walk-off victory so much that they haven't necessarily gotten the feeling of what it's like to lose in a situation like that. And sometimes it takes you effectively getting the you-know-what kicked out of you in a situation like that to really set you straight. And I think the encouraging sign about today's game, July 4th's game, a 5-4 loss, is that you were down 5-3 to three going into the bottom of the ninth inning. You were down 5-1 going into the eighth inning, scored two runs in the eighth, one run in the ninth, and you were able to get the tying run to second with two out in the inning. The way that the ninth inning unfolded today, Isaiah Henry came up with two out and nobody on. He singled. Kemper Nacero, a 10-pitch at bat on pitch number 10. He doubles. That scores Henry. Red Applin, who didn't start in each of the last two games up in Missoula, he gets hit by a pitch in a pinch-hitting scenario. And then Ismael Rodriguez comes in, and he puts a little dribbler out in front of the plate, and really nice play made by the catcher, Luvine Valbuena, to throw him out at first. But... Again, this Chucker team doesn't quit, and I think the one indicator, even though you're on a three-game losing streak, you've lost by a combined total of three runs. I'd be curious to talk to players. I know that neither of us have ever played professional baseball to see if what they're feeling in the dugout is what it seems like is going on around the ballpark of today when Rudd Applin came to the plate, or even the whole ninth inning. The fans here at Melaleuca Field did not leave. Everybody here believes that there's the Melaleuca magic, as John Balgini likes to call it. Everyone is, was expecting us to tie that game. When Red Applin came up, that's some of the loudest I've ever heard this ballpark. Not after a win. During a game, that's some of the loudest I've heard it. I could see in the Chuckers' dugout, they seemed confident. Red Applin looked confident stepping up to the plate. And I think it's just been huge for us as a team to have that confidence built from those three straight walk-off wins, from the early winning streak, one thing that's come from it is they seem confident. I don't think there's any situation that they're coming up in the ninth inning that they don't feel like they have a chance to win. I think it says a lot that they just keep fighting to the bitter end. And a guy like Isaiah Henry, he's come up with hits in two-out situations. He had the walk-off two-run single here against Missoula on June 19th. He had a two-out double yesterday. He had a two-out single today to keep the ball game going. Henry's not a guy that we've really talked a whole lot about, but as a third-year pro, I think he's really starting to come into his own as a hitter. He stands at 6'3", so you look like he could be that it looks like he could be a power hitter, but at the end of the day, he's a guy that has got really good speed. He's 4 for 5 in stolen bases this year, and he actually hits the ball to the gaps pretty well. I'm surprised looking at your stat sheet right now that he doesn't have any home runs. He definitely looks like a power hitter. He's got that big frame that you talked about today. He had a ball that he just looked like he kind of flipped the bat at, and it got to the warning track. I think that as this season progresses, that's someone that we're going to see come up with more and more power. He's got those clutch plays, and I think throughout the season we're going to see more consistency from him. He's got – I talk about it a lot down in the office of – you can tell people that have been in the – a professional baseball player for some time. You can see that the body is almost different. They've grown into more of a man body than these people that come out of high school or maybe this is their first year of professional baseball. He is big. He has power, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn around into a power hitter, much like we've seen 
Amodi or Red Applin turn into compared to what they did in professional baseball last year? This is the Just Chuck It podcast, a Royals and Chuckers podcast. I do want to go to the promotional side of things for a moment. You're big on that. Game tomorrow, if you're listening, game today, then a four-game road swing and then back for eight straight. What exciting promotions do we have upcoming on the homestand that will go from July 10th until, I believe it's July 17th, then an off day, and then the Chuckers are back on the road. But there is a lot going on. And, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we do have going on as we hit the home stretch of July. So tomorrow, or you know, the game on the 5th is something that's going to be really special to me. Is something that I've pushed to have this year. It's going to be our first ever mental health awareness night here at Melaleuca Field. Um, we've had cancer awareness nights. We do a lot of good things, raising money for a lot of great organizations through different nights. Uh, mental health awareness is something that's become more and more popular, uh, more and more brought into the mainstream. And we're going to have a lot of opportunities through auctions and giveaways for people here in Idaho Falls to help benefit people and programs around the area benefiting mental health. Um, and then after we get back from the road, we that long homestand, we have so many awesome giveaways. That first night is going to be Princess and Hero Night, always a packed house for Princess and Hero Night. Kids dress up, they get a free slice of cake, they're going to go on an on-the-field parade with some other some characters from their favorite movies. Delta Dental Kit giveaway is going to be on the 11th. A t-shirt giveaway for kids for Fred and Wayne's on the 12th. Um, we're going to have cancer awareness with new jerseys. I mean, these jerseys, Greg, they are flying off the shelves whenever we get them. Fans love them. We have had awesome jerseys from great sponsors this year. Um, the 4th of July jerseys today sold very well. They were great. I think the players really loved having them. And we've got awesome stand-up to cancer jerseys that are going to be auctioned off. Proceeds going to help fight cancer in our community. Um, that's going to be on the 13th. I think that there are a lot of causes that the Chuckers are putting on that are very near and dear to all of us. I know people that have suffered from mental health problems, obviously have known people that have succumbed to cancer. My grandfather died of esophageal cancer when I was six years old. So cancer is that one disease that, yeah, it sucks. And if there's anything that we as an organization can do to raise awareness, raise funds, be a little bit of a contributor to the overall problem, then that's all that you can ask for in terms of the support in that situation. This is the Just Chuck It podcast, a Royals and Chuckers podcast. We are going to make this a short episode today as we are doing this post game on the 4th of July. I do want to actually ask you about the 4th of July to you. I mean, 4th of July is synonymous with baseball and I was talking with Omar Ramirez earlier today on our pregame show, and he just said that there's a spirit in the ballpark on the 4th of July that's unparalleled. I mean, you grew up in Nevada, so you ne weren't necessarily around a Major League Baseball team. I grew up in the Bay Area. I had the A's and the Giants in my backyard. But what is your biggest memory of, of baseball on the 4th of July? You know, 4th of July is something that's been synonymous with baseball for my family my entire life, um, you know, whether it was – Fourth of July, going to see the Las Vegas Aces, Las Vegas, not sorry, Las Vegas 51s. Shout out to the Las Vegas Aces WNBA team. But the Las Vegas 51s is what it was when I was growing up. They're now the Aviators. Going to a lot of games at the ballpark there. Or, you know, I grew up a huge San Francisco Giants fan in my family. 
uh, watching games on the 4th of July, having barbecues with my family. Um, and since I've been here in Idaho Falls, even before I worked here, before I really knew how big of a deal the Chuckers were in the community when I was going to school 30 minutes away, we always found our way to Melaleuca Field for what always ended up being great 4th of July games. We were talking down at the uh, on the sideline that this is the first time I can remember losing a 4th of July game here in Idaho Falls, and it's been four or maybe five years. For me, the 4th of July in baseball is interesting because I always wanted to go to a game on the 4th of July when I was young, but my parents always thought that it needed to be family day. And my mom and my sister didn't necessarily want to go see a baseball game. So I don't think I ever actually saw a Major League Baseball game on the 4th of July. So my first experience with it was actually my first year in professional baseball in Clinton, Iowa. And it was a packed house. And the team was terrible. That Clinton Lumber King team went 46-93. and So to see that happen was just... I mean, the team had not been getting a lot of support because of how poorly they had been playing, but everybody in the whole town, it seemed like, showed up on the 4th of July. And it's just a spirit that, I don't know, baseball is America's pastime. The 4th of July is Independence Day. It's America's Day. So to have that type of spirit in the ballpark, I think is pretty darn important. So... We will talk to you some point next week, more than likely here at home in the morning. We were going to try and do this in the morning today, but I was coming back from a four-plus-hour bus ride. I got back into town at about 3.50 this morning, that being the morning of the 4th of July. Got to bed at about 4.20. Chris, I, I was almost thinking of like texting you, like, hey, let's let's pod right now. I'm still up. I'm still ready to roll, but... Uh, I, uh, I, I want to thank uh, my life sponsor, Coffee, for uh, getting me through today. Also to an energy drink and a Mountain Dew. So we are uh, going to watch some fireworks tonight and uh, hopefully bring a Chuckers win back tomorrow. This has been a, another episode of the Just Chuck It podcast, a Royals and Chuckers podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Scoops Hall. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg D. Mraz. You can follow the Chuckers on Twitter at IFChuckers. You can listen to this podcast by visiting www.ifchuckers.com. Click on the link on the homepage. You also can search Just Chuck It on the iTunes store. We just got approved by iTunes a couple of days ago. Felt like a, a pretty big win in my life, Mr. Hall, to, to have a podcast approved on iTunes. There's one win for us today, Greg. That was one win for us today. This has been the Just Chuckin' Podcast, a Royals and Chuckers podcast. For Chris Hall, this is Greg Moraz. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next time.